everyone, I am Amar here with Nate. You are tuned in to the Always Right Show, where we are always right. And I figured I might as well go ahead and ask Nate, what do you write about today? Figured you might as well go ahead. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you went ahead and asked why I'm right, because I'm absolutely 100% right when it comes to the TikTok ban that mm -hmm. uh, is, I guess, being pondered in the halls of our government. And there's a whole lot that can be said about it. I guess there's a lot kind of going on with it because initially you kind of just hear TikTok is going to be banned. And it's like, okay, so what? They're going to sign a bill and say no TikTok? Like, what, what, what all is this actually going to mean? And there's actually been a couple of different acts that have been proposed. Or at least I believe there's been a couple of them, but one of them, the Strict Act, has been one of the bigger ones that's been out there and it includes things that can be banned uh that well, it's broad enough that it could also ban things like vpns or other social media platforms so it has people wondering well are we going to make it so it's broad enough to do that or are we going to try and make this a lot more targeted on tiktok is worrying too is that there's bipartisan support for banning tiktok and i think a lot of people are just going to sign off on this bill maybe not knowing everything that's in it or knowing what's in it and wanting to be able to abuse you know those political powers um later on and i think the whole discussion of whether or not we should ban tiktok and whether or not this restrict bill is good are, are two different things just because of how broad this restrict act is like i don't know of that many people who would say yeah we should ban vpns that's kind of like where this restrict act takes us versus yeah. hey we should ban tiktok that's a whole different discussion i'm i'm not necessarily on that bandwagon from a government perspective but those are like two very different things and it's worrying to see i think even marco rubio um is supporting the restrict act so if he's supporting it I think there's a good chance a lot of Republicans will vote for it too. Um, Maybe so I'm, I'm hoping that this doesn't get through. See, Rand Paul, uh, a notable Republican, he got up and stood, spoke at the at Congress recently, and he was strictly opposed to banning TikTok. And I think he raised some good points, saying that it's it's unconstitutional for the government to ban basically the existence of a company. To ban them from doing their thing and i i think that's a fair enough point like we don't want the government to be in the habit of saying hey this is so such a destructive company that we're just going to not let them operate anymore within our borders because of course that power could be used elsewhere could be viewed as overreach so i i do i do sympathize with that that idea but I'm also uh, strong on the line of TikTok is a uniquely egregiously bad app in the country that does need to be stopped. And I don't believe that media companies will want to stop it themselves. So there might be a need for, for a governmental hand or, or something to, to come in here. Because I do think that it uniquely targets children with drugs and sexual content. And mm -hmm. we can't, we shouldn't be permitting that and then it's also chinese spyware like directly fed into us because you know china has a very different version of tiktok that they feed their own people so they very clearly know what they're doing and targeting americans trying to make them weak try to get them addicted to it 
Yeah. One thing I'm a little bit curious, do we know if TikTok is kind of pushing these things on children in a way that's unique to TikTok that you don't see on platforms? Like, I think the best example of an American platform would be uh, Instagram Reels. Uh, because, mm. I mean, we understand that, you know, coming from China, the designers of TikTok likely have some sort of, you know, agenda when it comes to what they push and what they don't, Probably. which is exemplified by, you know, what they allow in China and what they allow in America, which are two very different things. But do we know that it's functionally particularly different than like Instagram Reels? Um, I do know that there have at least been people who have searched into it, creating accounts for, for minors and then finding that it took very short a very short amount of time for it to feed them drugs and sex and without them they didn't go searching for it so they were just kind of existing and then they got fed that material from TikTok and i guess that then from from your question would beg do other sites do this and I don't know or recall any studies, at least not recent way, recently, any experiments that have been done into things like YouTube Shorts or Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I do think that you could argue that there is at least some of that in there that will be fed to people. I guess the question would be, how easy is it for them to find? And is it fed to minors in the same way? And I think that if it is, then, well, in that case, we can just ban all of them and not just TikTok. <laughs> well, I mean, the way, the way that I see it, you know, especially with YouTube, maybe not as much Instagram, but mm -hmm. they're optimized to do whatever it takes to get your attention and to get you to play the content. And so that doesn't always mean sexual content. Like, you know, I do see some, so there is some like suggestive content in like, uh, like IG reels from time to time. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's just the nature of like, who's posting what content in, in, in large part, but I, like on, on YouTube shorts, there's like no sexual content, at least, at least from like what I see. Um, it's just basically clips of videos that I would be watching anyways. And it's almost like, you know, be real kind of has an agenda to like push these things onto kids because you know there's the types of things where if you show it to a kid they're going to want to see more um versus showing you what it thinks you'll want to see so mm -hmm. kind of in that respect i could definitely see uh you know tiktok being worse because it's pushing these things onto children but on the other end because there's like culture and there's um uh, and there's like security right and the security end um, when it comes to like China, like using it to like spy on us or, or something like that, we have seen like, you know, government agencies banning their employees from using it. Mm -hmm. But at least to me, it doesn't seem particularly worse than what Google is already doing or what like Facebook is already doing because they're already harvesting our data and they're, we, we know that they're selling it. Uh, it could, you know, I would assume be placed in the hands of, of China. So, I feel like we're in this paradigm with security where, you know, we have TikTok, which is a Chinese app, which is harvesting our data and China is reading it versus, you know, Facebook or, uh, or like Google, where they take our data, they read it, and then they sell it and China probably buys it and reads it as well. Now, it's different if like there are like other differences between the two. Like I did hear rumors that... Um, TikTok was acting as like a uh, a keylogger essentially, so anything that you typed, it could read. 
Um, like what you typed or if you copied anything mm. to your clipboard, it could see that. Yeah. I don't know how substantiated those claims were. Um, but I think even as someone who doesn't think the government should be banning it, there's probably space for like app stores to be like, we'll ban TikTok because it's malware. Because mm -hmm. they've done that before with other apps. Yeah. And I, I, I'm not a big on the the i guess arguments that well all these other ones they also collect data on on us because well of, of course they do we all we all know that we all sign on to that and there's a question of well how much should they actually be allowed to you know spy on us facebook and google and that kind of thing but i find that i i'm leaning more towards tiktok is a chinese owned company that we know is directly feeding into the chinese government which i think has a strong foundation for saying that it is uniquely worse than if an American company gets information. And even if they do sell it elsewhere, it is unlikely that it's going to give China the overflowing amounts of information that TikTok would be giving them, because that's a direct feed into them. While Google and Facebook has at least some sort of barrier that would keep them from getting anything and everything that they could possibly ask for. And it also means that they don't have then the ability to directly, I guess, speak to people using Facebook and Google just in the same way that they have that ability with TikTok because they can use the algorithm to intentionally feed people certain propaganda, certain ideas through TikTok that they couldn't ever do through Facebook and Google. Yeah, that make, yeah, that makes sense. And that's that's an angle I feel bad cuz I should have thought about that. But <laughs> but yeah, I didn't I didn't think of the fact that, you know, because TikTok would be like taking in the data natively, they would have access to more data mm -hmm. than, you know, they would if they had just like bought data from, you know, from Google or or Facebook. Um I still think that Rand's, Rand Paul's point is valid, you know, mm -hmm. in saying that, you know, it's kind of, you know, not it's probably like unconstitutional to ban or target like one social media company, or at least I, that's yeah. kind of like where I'm, I'm not coming sure from. what article it is, but um, it sounds like yeah. there is something I'd have to look into it. Yeah, because to me, it's like synonymous with um, like if, if are we gonna ban like Russia Today, which is like Russia's like propaganda news channel? Um, I, I feel like. Be um, I almost said be real there. <laughs> I feel like TikTok is like Chinese propaganda, and Russia today is Russian propaganda. It's not. I don't think it's legal for us to ban Russia today. So I don't know if it would be legal to ban TikTok now. Whether or not I think it's you know constitutional doesn't particularly matter. I think that these politicians are so zealous that they would be able to do it without any problems with the uh, with the Supreme Court. But I just don't want. Even worse than banning TikTok, which would be no great loss to American society, <laughs> um, I feel like the same power could be extended to ban things like, you know, Truth Social um, or like Twitter if you know, people get mad at Elon Musk. Um, <laughs> like, I think it's a slippery slope. I don't know. I don't know if the logic could be extended that far, but the Democrats are really good at finding a slope and sliding all the way down it. So you, I guess maybe, though mm. I find them to be probably different enough that it'd be unlikely to to occur in that way and i guess like with the you mentioned the the russian news site i i, I find that like a little different than something like tiktok and maybe it's just the magnitude of it 
maybe it's the it's not just a Russian propaganda front as much as it's not feeding children Chinese propaganda as much as just propaganda generally that is meant to degrade and melt the mind and as as well as feed inappropriate material that they shouldn't be exposed to in the first place so i've been thinking and about it saying well there's the russian spyware side of things okay so i feel like there should be some sort of governmental power that helps them prevent foreign adversaries from spying on us which i would assume there is but maybe tiktok is kind of in an area where it's like maybe it is maybe it isn't or it's kind of in a gray area where it's not strong enough for them to just shoot it down immediately. But then if it is feeding highly inappropriate content to minors, I feel like then there would have to be, there should be some sort of power from somebody to stop that. And maybe if TikTok, maybe they can say, Hey, you are being reckless or not following guidelines that say you must be X age in order to view X content because you are not doing that, or maybe you're a creator and you're making content and not labeling it for kids like YouTube does or something along those lines. I've never been on TikTok, so I don't know how it works, yeah. but <laughs> at least not that side of it. Um, so I would feel like maybe the companies who, who host it, they could say, hey, you're showing inappropriate content to minors and you shouldn't be doing that. That is not legal to do. Yeah. So... I don't know. Are, are social media companies in some sort of gray area where a child can access these things and they can get away with it just because it's, I don't know, the internet. So you can say it's just there. And if somebody's irresponsible enough to let a child find it, then that's their own fault. I don't know. I think, yeah, I think some apps will have, uh, like, like if it's known that there's like actual like pornography with like full nudity. Mm -hmm. um they those apps will be rated like 18 plus usually usually um <laughs> yeah i think that like like twitter might be an exception like I, i've been seeing stuff from the the uh the i forget what the name of what what the designation of the group would be called but they're called like exodus cry um they talk about like abuse and like the the sex work and pornography industry mm -hmm. and they're also very strongly anti-porn and they point out that like twitter is one of the hotbeds for like pornography to be spread but twitter mm -hmm. is not uh an 18 plus app but there are other apps that are like that like support like free speech and they say that like nudity is fine on here that they are listed as like 18 plus um so it's tough because like maybe there should be some sort of law that says there needs to be at least a like a a nominal age gate mm -hmm. of you know if there's nudity or sexually suggestive content uh there has to be either like a prompt saying like are you 18 or older or if it's in an app store it needs to like block you from downloading it if you say that you're below 18 which granted kids can get past but also there are tools that parents can use to you know monitor their child's like what apps they have downloaded or what mm -hmm. age they say they are they're they are especially on like iphones so children i don't think are uh, uh, parents i don't think are absolved of all guilt in that arena no obviously parents are definitely at fault for letting their children be on social media or on yes. tiktok or anything like that and, and they shouldn't be doing that which then begs the question how much blame can we lay on the parents and how much should we have the government step in and say you're doing such a bad job at parenting that we're going to need to stop this. <laughs> and I'm very much against the whole 
the government is the parents and they should get out of parents way let them parent their own children and uh, like we'll just leave it on that because I, I think parents should have full authority to raise their children how they want to raise their children and that will include terrible parents unfortunately but i'd rather have that than the government trying to raise the kids for parents but of course there are those extraordinary circ circumstances like abusive parents where mm -hmm. you do come in and take the children away because they are in physical harm or in inhumane conditions hmm. so there, there are exceptions in the extraordinary which then begs the question if is tiktok one and maybe the question is less whether or not tiktok is something that we need to ban because parents aren't banning it from their children as opposed to it being uniquely destructive to society at large that we shouldn't let it destroy the the people of america we have to go full full send yeah flag. it's <laughs> but it's <laughs> but it's it's really tough because while it's very easy to to see how tiktok is like dangerous i mm. just i'm just i guess i'm just overly worried about like the slippery slope <clears throat> that that could that could bring on um oh yeah and i'm it's... not sure i guess i'm a little bit torn on like you know taking having like cps take kids away like for their letting their kids on on social media oh yeah but <laughs> not, but, not advocating mean, that <laughs> yeah no yeah no but yeah but i mean at the same time parents have a duty to protect their kids from that mm -hmm. you know maybe the government shouldn't be stepping in on that because again like you say you know these parents need to be allowed to raise their kids as they see fit but at the same time it's still wrong Maybe a lot of this could also be fought from a social level. I think a lot of these issues are um, are like social problems that can be solved at like the social level, not with like the government intervention. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, like making being on social media and like being like super active on social media, like that's like a huge social movement that I think maybe we don't always need to uh, to validate and affirm. Like, just as, like, one example of this. So then, like, as parents, we don't have to feel pressured. I mean, none of us have kids yet. I just want to make that clear. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, like, we shouldn't, as parents, then feel like we need to let our kids have social media due to, like, social pre pressures, if that makes, that makes sense. I mean, sure. I, I find it stupid that any parent would feel, oh, social pressure, let the kid have the internet because... <laughs> Oh no, little Johnny is going to feel out of place in school. Oh, you, you parents, you succumbing to, didn't you grow up? But <laughs> I, I find that silly. That uh, I know. I grew up on talk that. radio and Hardy Boys books. That was fine, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. But um, yeah, it, it, I feel like it's the question sometimes where it's you see, especially a, a lot of conservatives, a lot of Republicans, you look around at society and you say, so much of this is falling apart. So many things are are being destroyed, and you see um, articles or polls where they say people aren't caring about religion and family and all these kinds of things as much as they they pretty much ever have, or at least than they used to not too long ago. And then you get very concerned, saying, "How how do we stop this? How how do we stop this destruction?" And it's easy to say, "Well, at the community level, do do your thing," but at the same time, it how how many people are have not already been doing that, or they're already in their little societies and they're doing it, and then there's 
you can say they have their little bubble. Maybe their bubble, their community, it's a-okay. There's no need for any of it. So are they then responsible for going to other communities and converting them like some sort of conservative missionaries to, to change the hearts and minds of all of the, the liberals in the cities who then try to come and steamroll all the other societies? And you could even argue that it takes a certain kind of power-hungry person to want to be in politics, to, to yeah. want to have the, the levers of power that help guide society. So there's a fair argument to say that you can make your own little bubble all you want, but you're still going to have the powers that be be the crazies that didn't come from those bubbles because they came from the big cities outside of that, and now they are trying to push on you and push a society at large their vision of the world. And you can say the media does this as well, pushing the same things as, you say, the Democrats do because that's all they are, parrots. Mm -hmm. Um, and they push that on society and they say it enough times that enough people start to buy it. Enough young people who haven't developed enough are falling for it. Yeah. I think the only thing I would, I would add is potentially, cause there are some sectors where we're seeing Christians, um, uh, push into the culture, um, uh, Christian rap. We're seeing this a little bit mm -hmm. with, um, uh, Caleb Gordon has been blowing up um and a lot of like famous like celebrities are like using them in their like tiktoks and stuff and his music is getting played at like musical venues just because his music is good um but i feel like you know when it comes to other sectors we need christian more christian influencers who are going to be um you know spreading truth and in, in christian and traditional values because you know, if you look at like Instagram or, or or TikTok or something, I don't really know of tons of folks on those platforms that have like a big, uh, considerable like stranglehold of the platform. Whereas if you look at someone on like the red pill side, like Andrew Tate, he is still one of the most viewed um, individuals on mm -hmm. TikTok, and he just recently got out of jail and. Andrew Tate, for better or for worse, is fairly influential. So while there's all of this other, like, you know, highly sexualized content on TikTok, Andrew Tate is still, like, more popular than all of them. And I think there's, like, a potential for Christians to come into that space, too, and be speaking truth. And I think that can probably fight some of the corruption on these platforms. I guess it is kind of, I don't know, the, the paradox of a lot of conservative and we'll add Christian or even just religious values um, where generally speaking, we want to be left alone and we want to kind of do our thing and live our happy little life on our homestead. And yep. then society crumbles around us. We're saying why is society crumbling? I have my nice little homestead here. And <laughs> I, I don't blame people for that. Like I, I want well, my the own homestead little... is fine. That's yeah. The thing. <laughs> like I want my own little homestead. I want the white picket fence. And plenty of these people will even go and fight in their communities for it. And it, it's great. They're they're doing great work in their community, or maybe they're not doing any, which maybe they do need to do some. <laughs> Conservatives, Christians, we generally want to kind of stay out of the political fight. We're not interested in that. That's not where our values kind of line up. We want to stay out of it. But then the Democrat, the liberal side of it, that's all of it. They got to push it. They have the politics and that be that becomes their god. So they they shove it down every avenue of their life and they they're raised to be, um, we'll say, protesters. 
that's what they're trained to do as they grow up. And that means that they then have a certain amount of sway because they're going everywhere and screaming in people's faces, their ideology, and enough people yeah. don't have the wherewithal to, to face them down and end up either succumbing to it or cowering in fear. So I, I feel like it's something that Christians, conservatives say a lot of time where we need a lot more people in the public space who are able to competently defend these positions and mm -hmm. are able to help push society back towards the right course. And you can say people like Andrew Tate are really popular. I disagree with nearly everything Andrew Tate says, except <laughs> for like, I, I agree with what some people have said about Andrew Tate in that he mm -hmm. sees the problems and he knows what the problems are. He got that right, but he has all the wrong diagno well, diagnosis. He has the wrong solutions for those yes. problems. And it, I mean, at least he can point out the problems. Maybe people can figure out the, the correct res re resolution after that. But I think maybe it's, it's something that is also on the conservative and Christian side where we have some of these influencers. We have some of these people who have voices. But we're also not, we don't all agree on one thing, we'll say. We, we have like our, our different sects in Christianity, different beliefs in the conservative party and what all different aspects of the government should, should be. So we have a hard time uniting around a lot of figures because maybe they're a little too far right on this side or maybe they're a little too moderate on this side. So we have a harder time rallying around viewpoints while the Democrats, they find a person, latch onto it, believe everything they say, and it doesn't matter who they are, what they say, they'll just support them no matter what. It's hard to find Democrats who get shot down for their ideas. Usually it's just kind of quietly dismissed, but nobody cares and they still listen to the person. Wait, so are you insinuating that there's one side of the political aisle or so or socio-political aisle um, that you know, things critically about what people say, and then there's there's one that doesn't. <laughs> and that's kind of what I got from what you said there. I mean, I guess that is a conclusion that can be drawn from it. Or maybe more accurately, it's that the the conservatives are, are more, we're all set in our own little things, and we all have our own free thinking, and we're all clone troopers from Star Wars, and we have our own thoughts and feelings. And then the other side is the CIS, Roger, Roger, whatever you say, we're going to go do it. <laughs> Star Wars yes, making its yes. way into politics. <laughs> Granted, Star Wars actually has some fun politics in it, but of we're course, not talking yeah. about that today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, th yeah, that, that could be used as a segue to Nazi Germany, but we're not talking about Nazi Germany. Wait, today. what? <laughs> <laughs> it's been said that the stormtroopers in like the uh, like the Empire was supposed to be in, out like an, an uh, analog for yeah. Nazi Germany. Yeah, sure. But I always viewed them more closely with like Roman the Roman Empire and the way that they persecuted the uh the Jews, but that's just me. The Jews. Just... <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, the whole TikTok situation's I don't know, interesting. And I feel like there's no good solutions at the moment. No good ideas that have everybody's satisfied and it's mm. honestly one of the most interesting questions i feel like in modern politics because it doesn't have a very clear political divide i feel like there's there are republicans and who are against it and they have their reasons for it and then there's democrats who are against it and they have their reasons for it they're different reasons mm -hmm. but there's republicans and democrats who are against it and then there's republicans and democrats who are for it I feel like it's one of the most mixed things in politics right now. One of the most bipartisan ones. 
it's really interesting actually so on the political spectrum you have you know it's um i hope that this this plays correctly on the camera but you have like the uh you know it's like right and and then left and then you also have um what is it authoritarian and then libertarian i think it's like up and down like that Mm -hmm. i feel like pretty much everyone agrees that there is at least something wrong with tiktok and it's almost as if the the divide of whether or not the government should ban tiktok isn't coming from left or right but it's coming from like up and down should like it's it's like the people who are not authoritarian do not want tiktok to be banned but the people who do lean authoritarian are more likely to to ban tiktok now you do see some folks who aren't authoritarian (laughs) (laughs) when you see folks who aren't authoritarian who want to ban tiktok like marco rubio i don't know who would call him an authoritarian Mm -hmm. but Rand paul is very well known for being like libertarian leading i i believe so it makes sense that he would be you know libertarian enough to say that the government shouldn't be banning it mm-hmm. yeah that's a, that's a that's an interesting way of thinking about it I, I hadn't thought of it necessarily that way but at the same time i feel like democrats are just authoritarian all of them so the fact that any of them would not support it i don't, I don't know maybe they in their authoritarianness want to keep it because they they want it to shove down people's faces. Now, I, I will say that a, a good rule of thumb, generally speaking, is if Alexandria Ocasio Cortez supports anything, supporting <laughs> the opposite is the right decision in your life, and you will be better for it. And she Wait, what did she supports TikTok. She wants oh! it to, to stick around. Yeah, she she is all for Yo. it. She made a TikTok account and put out a video on TikTok defending TikTok. And yeah, her her argument was, but I like it. Uh, from <laughs> for real, not not actually. Wow. She 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 gave an argument, and some might say she used words. Others might say <laughs> that it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> wow. I don't huh. like Ocasio Cortez. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but either. that's besides the point. Um. But yeah, she she got on and said TikTok should not be banned, and I I think honestly one of one argument that maybe I just thought of I don't, I don't know if I've really heard anybody put this argument out there, but an argument mm-hmm. that I think is a fair case to say TikTok should not be banned is that some people have their livelihoods on there. And some people it is their only source of income. For some, it's another source of income. And mm-hmm. if the government were to ban TikTok, then they would be liable, I believe, to pay these people accordingly. Because if the government takes away your job directly, then they should need to pay you, I guess, re- reparations for doing that. And I think a lot, a lot mm-hmm. of people were saying that with, with COVID, they shut down the economy, they shut everything down. So fair enough, they give people money because they're the ones who said that we can't work. Now you could say they should never have told anyone to work. It raised the debt. There's a whole thing we could hash out with that. But if the government takes your job intentionally and directly, they should be responsible for paying for, for the, I guess the price, the, the loss. Interesting. That is, that's a, I mean, I have heard a few people say that I think, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez might have brought that up. 
I think she kind of hovered around that. She said, I think, essentially, people are on TikTok. Don't ban it. Um, (laughs) She didn't didn't quite get a coherent argument in there, which is a very rare thing for her to do. So no surprise it didn't happen. But every once in a while, we we can look at her and say, wow, you actually had a coherent thought. That's awesome. You did it! Yeah. (laughs) But not on this. Not on this one. Yeah, I think the tough thing for me is first first of all tiktok as a platform if you if you build your livelihood on it Mm -hmm. i would say that that's a choice that you've made Mm -hmm. and you could have very easily especially after these platforms launched because you know tiktok isn't the first of its kind but it was the only platform of its type when it came out um because we used to have vine vine got shut down Then we had Musical.ly, and then I think ByteDance bought Musical.ly and turned it into TikTok. And throughout that time, we didn't really have anything. There was like V2 or whatever, but that kind of fizzled out. Um, Nothing with the types of monetization that these types of businesses will need. But once, you know, Instagram is on the scene, once YouTube is on the scene, uh, and you go there, you build your audience there, you should be able to monetize your work in a similar way, I would imagine, to tiktok so i feel like it's not the government's fault if you choose not to use instagram or youtube and you're like well it has to be tiktok and nothing else well i I hear that but at the same time as someone well we're doing youtube right now and as the guy who runs his own channel elsewhere there are other places i could also put it now are they nearly as popular as youtube no so maybe the the analogy comparison isn't quite the same, but posting on all these other channels not necessarily means that everyone's going to move over. Sometimes you'll explode on one platform and not on another. And even if you promote your other your channels on other sites, people aren't going there. Maybe you're popular on TikTok, but nobody cares about you on Instagram or on on Facebook Reels or YouTube Shorts. It that's possible. It doesn't. It's not a one to one ratio. It doesn't necessarily care, carry over. If they decide to shut down TikTok and you had one last day to launch a video, what would you say? Hey, go to my other things. I mean, they might. <laughs> they might not. Maybe they don't have the other platforms. Maybe they just aren't willing to hit an extra button on their phone, which I wouldn't doubt from our current young people that they're too lazy to hit one more button to follow <laughs> this creator. So it would. It wouldn't be a one to one, and. You could say it was their choice, which I sympathize with if a company shuts it down. So if Google or Facebook, if they decided tomorrow, all the short stuff gone, then that's on the creators. That It, it really sucks for them, and they would be right, I think, to say, hey, what the heck? But in the end, they're they're stuck with it. And I don't think that Google or Facebook are are liable to to pay all these people off because they just all they did was provide them a platform. People use that platform knowing that it could go away tomorrow. It's it's a very volatile, I guess, market to be in. Mm -hmm. But the government, I think, comes along and takes it away. I think that's different than when a company comes along and takes it away because it's not a company going out of business or you can kind of see these signs and say, hey, 
I, I don't think that this is going to be a viable platform anymore because they're not going to just snap it away. There's going to be signs that, hey, there's a failing platform. People are going to start migrating and some yeah. people will stick around and hope that it, it succeeds and it might not. But for the government, they would be able to unilaterally just kind of take it away like that. I'm snapping a lot. <laughs> Thanos snap a TikTok out of existence in the United States. Now, granted, you could say, well, they can see the warning signs right now. So everyone on TikTok right. is essentially taking a risk, seeing whether or not it, it'll say, stick yeah. around. So, so that's fair. But I still think the very fact that it's the government taking it away as opposed to the company that owns it does make get different different enough that the government should be responsible for paying people back mm, interesting yeah as much as i would hate for the government to pay more money and increase its debt because of tiktok that that is one price that i, I would be willing to pay if we were to leave all the other things aside all the other questions about constitutional constitutionality when it comes mm. to tiktok if we put all of that aside and it was just whether or not we would have to pay people to ban TikTok. I would be down for paying people to, to ban TikTok. But I think that's a fair enough question to have and something I think should be hashed out. Mm, I don't know. And maybe this is, I don't know if I agree. It may be part of that is just, you know, maybe I'm just too much of a hardcore capitalist. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I feel like if anyone is going to have to pay out these um, these folks, it shouldn't be the government mm -hmm. but it should be like maybe instagram and youtube if like let's say they move over to these platforms and the way those platforms are designed they can't like maintain their same uh audience mm -hmm. maybe there should be some sort of like allowance for like six months or something to give money to these companies as they transition and as they grow their like their viewer their viewer base or follower base to kind of help with that transition so what you're what? saying is the government should force companies to pay people because it took away their source of income. No, no, no. I think, if anything, these should be policies by the companies. Okay. Which would also make them more competitive because if, you know, what if you have a race, like almost like a wage race, right, mm -hmm. between YouTube and Instagram, where it's like, no, we'll give you like 5,000 a month. Like, no, we'll give you 6,000 a month. And so now we have like some, some healthy competition in like American social media companies to try to monetize our content creators, which historically has been a place where those social media platforms, as well as like music, music streaming services have really failed at. I don't know. Could, it would be a kind of thing where, because people like Facebook, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, what have you, it's not like they would have any kind of involvement in TikTok being shut down. And if they did get shut down, then they would tell people, hey, just come to us or you will fail and starve. Uh, so <laughs> they would have no motivation to fork over the money. They're just going to say, you can either starve or you can come to us and mm. we'll give you X amount of money that we give everybody else that they won't offer any kind of special allowance. Now, if these companies said, hey, we'll pay you to leave TikTok and come to our platform, <laughs> I mean, that would be interesting. That, yeah. that would be in intriguing to see a company try to buy creators from other platforms, which I guess does happen. Like, uh, who was it? Joe Rogan, I think. Spotify mm -hmm. bought the rights to be the exclusive streamer or something like that. 
So yeah, it, you it do does see happen. With streaming too, like YouTube is poaching Twitch streamers. Kick is pe- poaching Twitch streamers. Yeah, but these usually are the big dogs. They're not your average Johnny who has maybe even a hundred thousand subscribers, followers, what have you, and it's a livelihood, but not livelihood enough for a business to try and poach them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the the scale certainly uh plays a role in it um and i guess before because there are i know that there are like a lot of other yeah. stories like happening right now but before we pivot away from tiktok i am wondering restrict act aside what do you think is going to happen if say the government bans just tiktok so do you think that tiktok is going to get shuttered overnight or there'll be some sort of sunset period do you think people will use some sort of special like vpn tools or something to access TikTok in another way. I mean, because TikTok, TikTok does have like a web browser version. So I guess presumably all you need is a browser and maybe a VPN to still use TikTok in some capacity. Mm-hmm. So like, what do you think is going to happen? Are people just going to leave and go to IG Reels? I'm pretty sure actually that the Restrict Act would prevent people from using these VPNs to access TikTok. I think that's part mm-hmm. of it. But if we're putting it aside... And we're we're not sure if that's going to happen. I I honestly have no idea. I, I I've been trying to think of if TikTok were banned tomorrow, mm-hmm. just writ large, nobody is allowed to access TikTok anymore. What would actually happen? There'd be a lot of screaming young people, a lot of children probably crying, and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it could be worse than the feminist Sunday in, in uh, 2016. That that would happen. <laughs> there would probably be a bunch of young people who would go out into the streets and have their signs or something. They might say, "Hey, you should bring back the Tic Tac," because um, I really <laughs> liked watching videos. And then mm. every rational person will say, "Watch him elsewhere, you stupid child." Um, <laughs> and then maybe there'll be some good arguments as to whether or not to bring it back, but. Yeah, if it were banned, I I could see people protesting in the street saying, "How dare you take away my TikTok?" Um, but other than that, I honestly don't see a whole lot else happening. It just, I think it'll just poof, and then all the children will realize, "Oh wait, there's these other platforms," mm-hmm. and within a week, it it'll be kind of forgotten. Yeah, yeah. I think what's one thing we could count on for sure is an explode in TikTok compilations, especially since TikTok will probably, yeah, the TikTok will probably continue to be like accessible in some form, mm-hmm. but it might take, you know, a certain level of like tech savviness to be able to access it. So I think the people who are able to figure out how to access TikTok are just going to go there and harvest popular like tiktoks download them and post them up on youtube because that's that's kind of what happened with with vine yeah where people did tons of vine compilations i never grew up with vine i never even grew up with a smartphone but i found like um uh, i found like these compilations of various yeah um you know viners on youtube and i think the same thing could happen where these like tiktoks are immortalized we already see like Mm -hmm. tiktok compilations on youtube now but it'll even get um more rampant but i think even if it ends up being a case where the vast majority of people stop using tiktok and just switch over to like ig reels or youtube uh, shorts or something there is going to be a small segment of folks um who are gonna go to tiktok if they like remember an old tiktok that got posted um or something that isn't available anywhere else 
Um, or maybe some folks will like request and be like, hey, I can't find this TikTok. Anybody remember this TikTok? And someone on Reddit will be like, here's the link. I just put it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and stuff like that would be nice because, you know, if these folks can access the same content on what are most likely object- objectively uh, better platforms, then I think that's a that's a win. Like I see IG Reels and half the stuff comes from TikTok. Yeah. It'd be a weird thing if it happened. Yeah. But if it did happen, I do know at least one group of people who would not be a big fan of it. And that is the people who raided the Tennessee Capitol building. <laughs> they it this is over the, the national shooting. Um and it wasn't a bunch of people saying, Hey, this was a great tragedy. We need to protest so they'll do something. Well, I guess mm. they they were asking for something to be done, but they were raiding the Capitol building. And uh, you, you, you can talk about whether or not um, something, quote, should be done and what that should be. But yeah. I think if the main takeaway a lot of people have been grabbing from this is democracy is dying right, right over here. You guys see that? You see that? Look, <laughs> look, democracy is dying in darkness right over here. Huh? <laughs> anybody anybody notice the rating of this Capitol building? Oh my goodness, we're all going to die tomorrow because our <laughs> democracy almost died. Did you know that? Wow. Democracy dies in darkness. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so yeah, this this thing was was kind of interesting and some people were saying you know, of course, people on the right were saying, oh, this is another insurrection. They stormed the Capitol. Mm-hmm. And I guess I don't know too many details of what they were trying to do. I think the argument is that January 6th, they were trying to storm it so they could um, interrupt the process of counting all the ballots and then basically literally just forcibly change the result of the election from Joe Biden to Donald Trump. I don't know if the motive was the same in this case, it just seemed more of a protest, but nonetheless, the yeah, effect I think the was the one. same. Yeah, yeah. No, nonetheless, the effect was the same. Like they they busted in. I think they went into the, all these different you know rooms and stuff that they weren't supposed to be. You can um, you know correct me if I'm wrong there, but there was even this guy who was dressed up like the Q shaman. <laughs> yeah, the the trans shaman. <laughs> yeah, I think is uh, how we need to. <laughs> I don't know, call him. And, like, there's there's one video I I got it playing right now, and there's this guy who kind of just appears out of the crowd and into the officer's arms, and he he just comes running through with, like, his arms up, and he's smiling, like, (laughs) and the police officers grab him and kind of put him aside, and it's like, (laughs) what what, what, what's what's going on here? Like, why are (laughs) you so happy about this? And... These people, they seem almost gleeful about this whole situation, about the fact that they're they're able to protest this thing. They're like, you better do something. And I'm doing, I'm so righteous and I'm so good that I'm I'm protesting this way because something needs to be done. And there was a rating, I, I, what was it, Wisconsin? I think there's Wisconsin Capitol over some abortion law or something. Um, and there was kind of a rating there. That's not where we saw the trans shaman. But that one, they were actively protesting a i think it was a bill that was being passed and they were mm-hmm. protesting that and this one i think was just a general protest saying do something and it's 
frustrating to a lot of people, and I think it should be frustrating just generally, because a lot of these people seem almost sympathetic to the shooter. And a lot of them, they, they said they'd hold up six fingers, representative of the six people who died in Nashville, and a lot of them would hold up seven fingers, or the, quote, seven people who died in Nashville. And you can say, well, yeah, technically seven people did die. Or you can say that every death is a tragedy. I know you mentioned that while we were, we were talking beforehand. But, yeah. of course, that is saying seven people died in this tragic shooting. But it's it feels very ingen disingenuous mm -hmm. and almost, I would say, evil to incorporate the shooter into the body counts that they left behind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, for me, it's like if a mass murderer had been, like, sentenced to the electric chair and died, would we mourn his death? Mm -hmm. I don't think we would. I think we would, we would certainly mourn the fact that he, you know, did what he did and felt like doing what he wanted, like, what he, what he ended up doing. But we wouldn't mourn the fact that he's actually dead. And I think, similarly, I don't, See, I understand mourning uh, what this shooter. Uh, I, I don't see mourn. I don't understand mourning her death. I understand mourning the fact that she did what she did, and also just mm. looking at like her LinkedIn profile and stuff. I think made it even sadder because it looked like she had a full career for herself set up. She was an artist. Um, she had multiple clients doing illustrations for both businesses and also like children's books. So it wasn't a thing of like someone who's a complete and total loser whose life had just like hit a dead end. Um, she kind of just went out of her way to go do this, which I think makes this a little bit more upsetting and mm. makes it, you know, particularly tragic as well. But, you know, the fact that she was killed while trying to kill other people is I think the only part of this that can be celebrated because it means that she didn't have the chance to kill even more individuals. Like yeah. for the folks who are like mourning the fact that the police officers killed her, unless you're going to mourn the fact that they couldn't take her out without killing her, which I understand that, especially as a pro-life person. Um, but if you're not going to take that line, should the argument be that you just leave her alone and she'll calm down? Um, like, I don't know what it is that means that she should have been able to walk away from that situation alive. Mm -hmm. And I fall more along the lines of the moment that she stepped on the grounds with a gun, she forfeited her right to live and mm -hmm. belongs in the ground. Mm -hmm. that, that is my stance on it. Maybe some people will call it harsh, but sorry, not sorry. You're coming here to kill children or you did mm -hmm. kill children. You no longer belong or you no longer deserve to draw the same breath that I do. Yeah. So I, I fall a little bit uh, maybe along that harsher line of it, or at least maybe some people might call it a little bit harsher. And it, it leads to a little bit of the question, and a lot of people have been asking it, of the the trans agenda and what all that may have played into this. Like there was the Trans Day of Vengeance that people talked about. Did that initiate this at all? Was it partially radicalization from news and democrats screaming they're trying to genocide the trans people what was that it and of course it was a christian school so it does sure seem that she was targeting christians Do, should we talk about that the fact that a trans person came and targeted christians now of course you could argue with almost any shooting this person is a crazy we can't really 
look at them very seriously, which I don't know, I'm sympathetic to that idea, but we, we should still look at it and say, what drove a person to do this? It's a trans person killing Christians. Yeah. And we should look at that. And I guess the most frustrating thing is that if this person was a white man, we would still be talking about the subject. We would be screaming how evil this guy is and how terrible he was. And nobody would disagree that this is a bad, bad guy. But because it was a trans person, now instead of saying Christians died, people are saying now trans people are going to die. Trans people are at risk. And we've almost forgotten the actual victims. And we're just saying trans people are now in danger because people are going to look at this and say, trans people, we got to kill them all before they kill us. And it's like, no, but we, we do need to have a discussion here. Yeah, the weird the weird thing to me is that the mainstream's like media narrative and their like their takeaway from the whole situation is that trans people were in danger. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is about one trans person killing six Christians that screams trans people are in danger. Yeah. Like this trans person went and killed other people. I think if anything, it would signal that Christians are in danger rather than trans people, which granted, you know, part of the Christian community, like we're not necessarily new to that. Yeah. But like, I just don't understand kind of that like framing of everything, but I do appreciate um, some things. So like, I think, I think the FBI did pressure some of those like trans day of vengeance protests be canceled for example because they said yeah we're going to be monitoring these you know situations in the case they turn violent and with any demonstration called a vengeance you know i think there was some expectation that there was going to be some sort of violence and that was mm. in part like the goal of these demonstrations especially when you had certain trans individuals on like tiktok and stuff posting videos of themselves saying like they we need to rise up while like posing with their guns and things mm. um so, I mean, I appreciate the FBI for that, especially since there's not a whole lot that I can praise the FBI for. So I think <laughs> I might as well give them this W. But also on the media side, I also appreciate them, even though unfortunately it's just because it was a trans person. Um, they've sort of stopped sharing the, the shooter's name as much from what I can see. Mm -hmm. But I do appreciate that because I think that's a big thing that the media needs to, uh, needs to do moving forward prevent these types of things from happening like if if the news literally stopped reporting on any mass shootings at all i think we would actually have have fewer of them because i think some people want to be known uh or remembered for committing these types of acts like even even the shooter she texted her friend and said you're gonna see me on the news yeah and i i hear that and there's uh companies like the, like the daily wire and they have a policy for not naming the shooter i don't know of any other um, news sites that do the same thing where they don't name the shooter, they don't share any information about them. Well, they do share information about them, but they don't identify mm -hmm. the shooter. We'll leave it at that. And they say, well, it's been shown that it helps reduce or it's shown that these people are looking for attention. So by not doing this, we, I guess, help or keep these things from continuing to happen. And I, I hear that. I don't know how much. I buy it. I, I think that to an extent, the mere fact that the shooting was on the news, whether or not we actually know the person's name might be enough to, to motivate somebody. I don't, I, I, 
I guess there there is the question or something that you think about when you have something like this happen because this person with the text that you mentioned that they sent very clearly yeah. wanted to die. They were suicidal. And they decided instead of just taking themselves out to take a bunch of children out with them and essentially die by by cop. They wanted a cop suicide or, or whatever that's called. Yeah, death by and, cop, suicide by cop or something. Yeah, suicide yeah. by cop. And if nobody ever talked about school, never talked about any other shooter, would they still have done that? Would they not have? Hmm. Or would it require us to not talk about, to not promote in any way the fact that a shooting happened, period? Did they do it because they thought their name would be out there? Or were they in a state where they just wanted to leave or feel like they left some sort of impact? So they did this absolutely terrible and atrocious thing. I don't know if just not mentioning their name or posting their face would be enough to to stop or even hamper any of these things. Maybe I'm wrong about that. And I, I'm a believer or try not to show their names, show their faces either, because I mean, there's no harm in not doing that. I think, I just think generally they should be forgotten regardless yeah. of what we think. Cause they're, they're scum of the earth. Forget them. I don't <laughs> care. There are some scum of the earth. We do need to know about Like We do need to t teach like Nazi Germany and that whole thing. There, there are some exactly. that are worthy, but things like this, no, this, this isn't, necessary for the history books we, we should just forget this person and hopefully evil will stop but i don't know that's yeah, not how it works yeah and to and to your point um this does seem to be a unique case uh I, if i remember correctly there have been some interviews that uh essentially what some have been saying is that well, first of all, we know that there's a manifesto. The police yeah. have had it for a week. They've just been sitting on it. Um, apparently, the FBI is supposed to go through it before it's released. The local police department has said that they want to release it, um, but I don't know if the FBI is going to give them the clearance to do that. Um, so there's that end of things. On the other end of things, at the time, she was also being counseled by the pastor of the church. And... Um, some have speculated that something that he said might have set her off. And so she went to try to take him out. And because he, she couldn't find him, she ended up taking out um, his daughter at the school who was one of the, the victims. I mean, there is that speculation, but at the same time, she targeted or had plans for several other schools to go to. So, but she went to the one that she did because she found that the others were too secure. There's too much security, yeah. which I think speaks a lot towards how much security we should have at schools. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So I, I don't, I don't really buy it. I don't give much credence to any of that speculation because it's like she could have gone to any of the other schools. I think if if the school that the the pastor's daughter was in had more security, I don't think she would have gone there. And if she was looking for vengeance on the pastor, I mean, find the pastor. <laughs> That's usually yeah. how, how vengeance works instead of going after the children, though granted that that is definitely mm -hmm. a thing that people do. But I think that it's more along the lines of she was looking for some sort of Christian school to attack for whatever reason. And a lot of probably liberals will say, oh, it's because the pastor said something evil. They were doing terrible things to her and it was, it's all the Christian's fault. It's like, shut up. Um, yeah. But also we don't know. 
We have no idea. Yeah, it's true. And yeah, we just don't know. The the manifesto, when that comes out, it, it might shed some light or hopefully it'll enough information about it will come out that we'll know what was going on in the person's mind. Maybe they'll talk about the pastor and then there'll be questions for the pastor of did you say anything? Did you do anything? And yeah. that, that would be fair enough. And I, I don't believe that's where it's going to go. I, I think it's going to be something very different, but I mean, we don't know what it says yet. So we'll see. Maybe I'm biased because I am a Christian. So same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and maybe too um, bundled in there with the manifesto are also like the plans for the mm -hmm. shooting. Um, and it is possible too that we'll see further links of okay, what is it specifically about these schools that made them so secure that she didn't want to go there, and also mm. what's the connection like of that all of those schools like have in common um, that you know maybe that can point to more like motive or intent as well. I believe what we know is that they were all Christian schools, and that the one that was targeted had no security, like no, mm. as far as I'm aware, had no security guard, had no locks. Mm. Or at least no not locks. not certain kinds of locks. Like there's there's schools where they have locks that just go automatically when the bell rings, that kind of thing. And then there's others where you have to physically turn in the key and lock it. So those ones are only ever locked after school hours, while the ones that lock after the bell are locked in between classes. And I remember that was just starting to get implemented when I was about to graduate public school and I found it really annoying because you needed to get a certain pass if ever you want to go to the bathroom. And I found it kind of ridiculous to think that in these tiny little windows that they provide, a, a shooter couldn't just knock on the door and say, hey, I'm stuck out here. And some sort of oblivious public schooler would just open the door because you can hide the gun pretty easily in those windows. But it is a security measure and it's not sure. like it harms anything. So I'm still down for it, even if it might not be nearly as secure as I, as some say that it is but having a physical security guard that's something because if you have a security guard and in theory they are in the more busy areas or even if they have a little bit of a sporadic and unpredictable kind of route then the shooter will know there could be a security guard around the next corner i have no idea yeah yeah true and you know um one thing too is that when is that the school did uh, have good like um, lockdown measures from what I heard, which is mm. why she wasn't able to kill that many people that, you know, combined with the police response time, of course, um, are two yeah. big factors as to why um, this wasn't as uh, deadly as some other shootings that we've seen. But also just looking at the footage, Henry was wondering, like, you know, she shot her way into the building. If that was bulletproof glass, I wonder if she would have found a way in. Hey, maybe. I don't know how expensive, like, how practical it would be, but at the same time, I'm willing to put a lot of money into a school um, yeah. to protect the children, but bulletproof glass, I don't know how much that would cost to fit in all the windows <laughs> of every school, but maybe the doors, at least. I mean, maybe. They might already have some sort of resistance. They are kind of thicker. A lot of them, I know, have wire or, like, crosshatch kind of stuff, which, I don't know, maybe it's not enough. Maybe it is. Something needs to be done. <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah. And one thing I think it's interesting because it, I think this is linked to a debate that I'm not sure what side I'm on on this. Mm -hmm. um, and for the longest time, the right has said, we are spending too much money in these schools because you do see schools that are like money pits. You throw like 300 yeah. million, or not million, $300,000 to these schools. And then the schools just are absolute garbage stuff doesn't get repaired 
um, just seems like a black hole of money. And so a lot of people on the right have been like, we need to stop spending so much money on these schools. Now, in the aftermath of these shootings, we're seeing the right say, we need to put more money into these schools so they can have resources to harden the targets, to have better safety measures, to have like stronger doors, better locking mechanisms. And it's kind of interesting because, you know, we've seen schools mismanage the money, but at the same time, we can't argue for, you know, we need police officers on the premises, we need armed guards, we need armed teachers, we need bulletproof glass in all the doors and windows. Mm-hmm. We can't say all of that without also committing to spending more money on these schools. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm wondering kind of what your what your thoughts are on this topic because maybe you've made your mind up on this a little bit more than than I have. I actually haven't haven't thought of necessarily that angle. I'm kind of of the mind that hey, public schools. If we just stop funding them tomorrow, we would have a better society. Um, <laughs> well, I think these um, schools were all but, private schools too, right? Yeah, I think they they may have been private schools. So it it, it has a, another layer to it of well it's the private schools and they need to, to figure out something and the government shouldn't really, well, I, I guess the government can't, does give some money to private schools sometimes. Does it? I, guess, I don't know. There, there might be some, I can't remember. there's some things about it that I, I forget. There but might not be as much as my parents, different levels of private it. schools when I was in there. So yeah, but um, it, it, it's, I guess a question of if it's a private school and the government has nothing to say about it, then well, all the parents should be screaming at these people saying, Hey, put guards, put all these security measures in there right now, or I'm pulling my children. And for things like public schools, I do agree there's plenty of money pits, and I think a lot of that might fall on faculty or useless topics like most of public school. Uh, (laughs) But uh, maybe there are ways where you can give money and say, this is what it's for. You can only use it for this. Do that. And I, I think that might be one thing where even though I would say the, the world would be a better place if we just got rid of all the public schools, that <laughs> I'd be willing to just say, you know, there's still children here and it's not like they're just going to vanish overnight. Let's put something there. So that's all we got for you today, though. Make sure to tune in next time for the Always Right Show where we are always right. <laughs>